Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The Hawks started the preseason practice round. That was down in Tassie against Collingwood. It was a high-scoring thriller. And then we had eight games that followed that. So a lot to take in. The Hawthorne coach is Sam Mitchell. Sam, great to have you on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jared. After your game, how much more footy did you take in? Uh, yeah, it was hard not to watch as many games as I could, really. There was certainly the start of every game looked quite interesting. And then, um, you know, a lot of them petered out and you get to a couple of plays and think, oh, they've got the queue in the rack now. What piqued your interest? Um, oh, just the way different teams are playing, trying to get you know aligned on. You know, we play um, a couple of teams with new coaches, so really trying to figure out game styles and what the trends are, and you know how good they're good are going to be, and what we need to do to to knock them off and where they're going. Would you elaborate a little bit? What trends are you seeing? Um, oh, I think well, having Nathan Buckley on the contract is always helpful because he's <laughs> picking up a few things that you can't see when you when you're not there. But I think the the on kicking, looks like it's coming into the game. Looks like there's a little bit more teams um, playing a little bit quicker, um, you know, with that certain style. A little bit less kick mark across a lot of the games. So um, interesting to see which way the the game goes. And um, you know, I watched the Melbourne game with interest. And I heard you speaking earlier that they're the the form team, and um, they do look, they look pretty sharp. What do you what do you think the standard looks like? How how high is it coming into the season? It's really. T- <laughs> I, I I don't know too much about the racing, but I did listen to it. I think you said that it was Winks um, that didn't trial too well. Uh, and I, you know, you always have a concern as a as a coach that if you do do okay, maybe there's been a Winks or two in your race, and you <laughs> and you think you're going a little bit further up the front than you than you thought. But I watched a couple of the teams, and certainly some some phases of play that were pretty strong across across those top sides. And I mean, we got a we got a first class touch of. Well, probably the forgotten team a little bit Geelong and you know they were far too sharp and, and strong for us the week before so you know there's plenty of plenty of work to do for the Hawks. What did you think of Thursday night? What did you get out of us? Um, oh, I think there were some positives out of the game where you know whether it be some individual players who just performed at a level that we really hoped for I think some of our um, potency around being able to score without winning the, the centre bounce battle was, was pleasing. I think we really struggled when we lost centre bounces last year to get the ball back into our front half, so uh, that was that was probably one of the more pleasing aspects. And um, other than our finishing around goal, I thought our inside fifty stuff was was much much improved than last year. Did you? So you scored a hundred points, fourteen sixteen. Is did, did you? Well, there were obviously a lot of scoring shots in the game. It was thirty one to thirty. Did, did you like your potency up forward? Yeah, I thought we looked much. We looked quite dangerous up forward. We obviously had to change a few things with Mitch Lewis going out of there. So we've changed, you know, a couple of a couple of small aspects about our inside fifties and and Jacob Gazitsky, um, Despite you know he's having five shots on goal every week and and his goal kicking will get sorted out pretty quickly. So um, I think you know if we're getting that sort of potency from a from a key forward and then you got Fergus who who had five shots on goal as well as set up another couple. So I think those those tools are, are giving us a bit of a target. And then, 
you know, Luke Bruce and Chad Wingard and Dylan Moore and, and Connor McDonald. Those guys are, are giving us some good good speed and energy in the front half on the ground. It was impossible not to be caught by Cameron McKenzie and just how he played. Is What, what did you make of your, your, your top draft picks game? I love I love watching uh, the draftees when they play, and we had a couple the week before who who were you know wow that's Patrick Dangerfield and wow that's Mark yes. Blitzavs and and they and they played a little bit like that they actually forgot they were good at football themselves and and Cam McKenzie he's such a level headed young lad I don't think I've ever seen him excited or disappointed in anything that he's done he's just very very consistent in the way he goes about it. I don't think he would show any less effort if it was a a game, you know, a grand final, or if it was a practice game, he just continues to play in the same way with the same demeanour. Which um, I'm sure at some stage I'm going to find quite frustrating because I want something out of him. But <laughs> at the moment, he's just performing. Every time he's played, he's played well. So you know, really pleased with his performance so far. Is he ready for round one? <laughs> I'm not sure yet. We're we're not into selection just yet. We obviously had a couple of guys missing or rested for that game, so um, it's going to be a squeeze. And I think every every club will be in this position, but perhaps we haven't haven't for a while, and that's having really good players who deserve a game not getting one. Um, and you know there'll be a couple of unlucky lads in our squad in coming weeks. So is he emblematic, Sam, of of how Hawthorne fans should be following the year, the fortunes of the the young players who are coming in, and the forecasting of what that might look like when the rise comes? Yeah, I, I mean, I think when you look at a guy like him, he's going to play some really good games and. Not just specifically speaking about him, Di Newcomb was a guy who did it last year. And we look at his good games and think, wow, he's such an impressive young lad. But he has some quiet games in amongst them. And, you know, when you watch the, the best teams and the best players in the competition, their quiet games are still very, very strong. And that's where our challenge will be when our players individually or collectively have a game that wasn't at their best. Are we still going to be capable? Because I think at our best, we saw um, enough talent from enough of these young guys to say their best is going to be pretty strong and we need to produce that as often as we can and, and limit the limit the risk when they're not at their best. The other part of the preseason, not just the, the newbies uh, through the draft is, but those who have been brought into the club is, have you liked the signs of Carl Amon, both in what you've seen privately and we've seen publicly? Yeah, Carl's been just fantastic. I think he's influence over the group. He's one of those guys that in, across the preseason, we did a lot of you know, leadership education and um, training standards, behaviours and all that. <clears throat> and he was he was never really the first name, but he was always in the top five in every category that we that we assess. So when you think about someone with the level of consistency, you know, he's a great trainer, he's got a great work ethic, he's got, you know, really strong relationships, he helps with the coaches, with game style and how we should go about different aspects of the game. So he's a really well-rounded young man and we're really pleased that he's come on board and you know, he was really disappointed. I thought, gee, he had a pretty strong game, started really well and did some really good things. And he was just so disappointed with his own performance. So he, he holds himself to such a high standard, which is really strong um, behaviour that our young players need to need to start looking up to as well over the journey. Sam, in the preparation for your second season, is um, is there a difference? To, can you notice a difference from this time last year when you were, whatever it is, 10, 12, 14 days away from uh, from having the team ready to go? <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's always a little bit of nervousness in the in the air around how we're going to go and are we going to be okay and have we organised the pre-season well and are the players ready and all these questions. And not to say they're not there now, but there's at least a little bit of evidence to say that 
um, we've been here before and that we can um, perform with this type of preparation. I think, you know, every every club thinks they're in a better place this year than last year, I suppose. But, you know, I certainly feel like our coaches are much more aligned on, on what we're trying to do and what we're trying to um, coach into our players and get into them. And I think the players have got a great understanding now of, of what we're trying to do. And it doesn't mean we'll always get everything right, but, um, you know, at least we'll understand when we get something wrong that it is wrong and we want to improve it for the next time, whereas it won't be quite as much education. So you are such an interesting case study in the the choices that you've made and how you've articulated that as you're looking to build the next great group. How do how will you measure success along the way, Sam? Is it is it in the wins and losses? Is it is it more uh, is it broader? Is it a broader contemplation than that? No, I mean I think it's quite difficult in the position we're in to be objective. I think. You know, we could we could lose a lot of games by close margins and perform really well, or we could, you know, play poorly and win a couple of games that perhaps we didn't deserve to. Um, so it's interesting that you know you always look at the ladder, and that's the easiest thing to look at. And I think for us, we'll be looking at win loss, of course, the same way every club will. But we have a bit more of a subjective view about how our players are developing, how our game style is working, how our predictability to each other is functioning. Um, and what we think the future can hold. So the good thing about us for this year is really every player on our list is is on our long-term journey now, and um, you know they're all going to be fighting each other for, for games, and that competitiveness amongst the players will be something that we'd want to see. And I think you know it's membership day today, so you know, our 80-plus thousand members, if they look from the stands and say that's a team that's putting in enormous amount of effort, and then, then that'll that'll make us all happy, I think. So, in that, Sam, how do you keep the standards high? How do you how do you find the elite standards whilst whilst developing on all those measures that that you've described there? Well, the the the, the thing that we have is some really elite talent and some elite players, and so really a lot of it comes down to those guys. So, watching the way James Sicily goes about it, watching the way Luke Bruce trains and reviews his games and and things like that, those guys are in a rush. And I think the thing about our group is they are all in a rush. And so when we when we look to drive the standards, no one's saying, oh, hang on, I've only played a handful of games. The only people saying that is maybe the coaches or, or some of the fans. But really, as players, they're saying, no, nah, I need to know. I need to know how to get better straight away. So they're willing to push the standards as hard as they're capable. And they'll be, no matter how well we go this year, unless it's a premiership, I'm sure every other team, 17 of us will finish disappointed at the end of the season that we weren't a little bit better. And um, our chance for our players is that that burning in the in the tummy that you you feel like you've underachieved. That needs to stay for a long period of time and build up over uh, an amount of years before you you've got enough fire in the belly for it to actually make a difference. So for those experienced players and what their journeys have been, do, do you have the, did you have that conversation with them across the off season as to I guess what their broad responsibilities are to, to drive that team and to be in a rush rather than uh, we, we've seen teams where older players are sort of left wondering what's left once uh, once a team is in re- redevelopment mode. No, I mean, I think possibly that may have been true a little bit last year with some players who you know I was really honest with and it was really difficult for them potentially to be better performers in that moment but not for our future to, to not be getting games. We don't really have any players like that now. I can't think of any decisions that we'll be making going into round one where we're going to have a, 
an option between youth and experience. We just play the player who's going to perform the best on this week. And that puts us in a little bit of a different position. I think of our players who are who are with us now uh, who are you know 27 or, or older. They've all been really bought into what we're trying to achieve. And fortunately, we've kept a lot of players who are ultra competitive. So guys like Sam Frost and Chad Wingard and Jarman Impey, players like that, have just got this enormous uh, desire for everyone to be better. And they hold themselves to such a high standard that that rubs off on some of the young guys and um, certainly they know part of their role is to coach and educate and drive the standards of our youth. Do you think your so your fans have been spoiled through their lifetimes? They've had those eras, so not just years of success, but eras of success. Do you think the, the Hawthorne faithful is, is acutely aware of, of what you've planned and how you're executing it? I think so. The feedback that I get, which is, um, you know, from our fans in the street or, or what you like is, you know, some of them are like, hurry up, let's get going, please. <laughs> um, and some are like, I know I know what we're doing, I know where we're going, and I think it's the right idea and it's a good plan. So, you know, I think I think to our, you know, 80,000 80, members that, you know, they all know what we're trying to achieve, that success at Hawthorne, you know, is, is premierships. It doesn't get measured in top fours or finals appearances. Hawthorne across its history is a, is a premiership team. So that's what we're looking to get back towards, and, Unfortunately, with all the equalisation measures of the AFL, there's no easy path to that. Um, Geelong have gone one way in topping up, and Sydney have had some advantages and have done a really good job with their their list. And we see Melbourne, you know, they've obviously been draft heavy over the years, and and we're looking now to build this group that we've got into the next Premiership era for us. And for you personally, with with part of that is you've been such a winner your whole career. Do you uh, do you have to sort of um, so you're in a rush. Do, do, do you have to remind yourself to be patient along the way? <laughs> I'm not an overly patient no. person in general. So I do find, you know, sometimes, you know, we have a, a player like Denver Granger Brass, and sometimes he'll, you know, give away a silly free kick, and I get frustrated. And then I remember he's 20 years old and he's a key position defender. And you think, how many, how many strong key position defenders are playing good footy at 20 years old? And there aren't any. Um, so you, you always have to be a little bit patient, but not at the time, not when you're dealing with the players. You know, we know that for them, if they think they've got time, then that's the, the worst possible trait that they can have. Players need to be in a rush. And I think there's a famous Hawthorne quote that it's later than you think. And that's the attitude that we take, uh, famous John Kennedy quote. So we use that and, um, you know, it is later than we think for every player and for every coach and for every staff member that we have trying to get to where we want to go as quickly as we can. You know, we know we, should, we show some football that, that is capable of playing against the very best, but that's a little bit too too spaced out for competing yeah. fully with what Melbourne did on the weekend, for example. And do you have the sense, Sam, as you get close to a season that, that, that it's about to become overwhelming and that it sort of takes over every part of your, of your thinking and your life? <laughs> um, not really at the moment. You know, we've got our we've got a four day break at the moment, so I'm doing a bit of weeding in the garden, to be <laughs> honest, and try. But I do find myself thinking about, oh, I better call this person or have a chat with them, and you know, I wonder if we played this guy in this position, would that work? And um, the brain's always ticking over, but I think that's just part and parcel of having any sort of passion in life that your brain doesn't really switch off. Sam, it's good to chat. The very best of luck for the for the season ahead. No worries. Thanks for having me, Joe. Good on you. Sam Mitchell, the Hawthorne coach. It is Hawks membership day. 
You can be part of the new breed of Hawk in 2023 and become a member today at hawks.team slash SEN.